It's Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim, Chet, and Chesco. Hey, Chet, the Sixers have won five in a row. They moved up to second place in the Eastern Conference, just one game out of first place. I see you're here to celebrate that tonight. The Flyers have won two in a row, coming off their best game of 2022 last night. The Super Bowl is set, Bengals and Rams. Tom Brady has joined Ben Roethlisberger on the retirement list. Will Aaron Rodgers join them? Uh, Major League Baseball meetings are not going well. Uh, it appears the star of spring training is in serious jeopardy. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. And, and this NFL coaching thing uh, that's going on really heated up in the last 24 hours is not a good look either. So certainly plenty to talk about. Yeah, as always, real disappointing news regarding the baseball talks. Uh, I, I just don't get it, but I'll, I'll vent more about that when we get around to talking about the baseball situation. I'm, I'm sure. Well, hey, uh, we had to change up our guest tonight, Chet. Sam Carcini had a death in the family uh we had to reschedule Sam. He wasn't available. So, uh, but we, we've got a great guest tonight that I'm really excited about. Uh, Bill O'Connell, a former Delaware County, all Delco and all Catholic player at St. James High School, also played at Villanova. And he is the father of Los Angeles Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell. Bill is a fun guy. He's a proud dad uh with deep delco roots and you know how uh, i like those delco roots buddy <laughs> yeah i don't know him personally but you tell me he's a good guy who grew up an eagles fan of course he's uh, gonna be rooting for the rams on february 13th we look forward to chatting with him in just a bit and our condolences to sam and his wife on the loss of sam's mother-in-law over the weekend so uh our heart goes out to them absolutely absolutely uh well sam's got far more important business to take care of than talking to me and you yes Absolutely. Wait, hey, Bill, let's... Bill, uh, I want to ask you, yeah. I, I, was, I was a little busy on my phone before because I was doing some shopping. Maybe you were doing the same <laughs> thing, uh, checking out the latest gear from the Washington Commanders. You going to order some? Uh, yeah. Isn't it funny, Chet, that it took about one second for them to be nicknamed the commies? <laughs> it's been on every post out there. Uh you know, that actually leaked. That that came out a couple days ago. Uh, it was Joe Theismann. Well, Joe Theismann did it, but also, uh, this is all news to me. I'll uh, just hit this real quick. I guess there's a, uh, whatever GoDaddy is, it's like a pla you know, place where you can yeah. buy websites. Right. Well, the NFL, all the NFL teams use one or two, I guess, and all of a sudden, uh, the, the commanders had been purchased from someone else and yeah. brought over into the NFL group and uh, – Somebody was smart enough to catch that. The commies. The commies are coming. I don't think they're going to call it the commies for short, Bill. Now, I'm sure some I, people might. But... I have a feeling everybody outside the organization. <laughs> oh, is probably yeah, that, that might, have, might not have been the smartest move going with commanders, but hey, <laughs> it is what it is. We'll talk about that. Yes, later. it is. Oh. oh, Robbie says we didn't come up on Facebook tonight, Chet. I know. Um, we are on YouTube. I posted the link on YouTube. So, uh, folks, if you can, watch via our YouTube channel. I don't know what happened with the Facebook thing, but I did post the link to watch us on YouTube. So, uh, I don't know what happened. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. YouTube. Well, hmm. Okay. Are we able to put out something to people that might be looking for us on our page to go to YouTube? I put it on our Philly Press Box radio page, yeah, and I see yeah. how we have a few people watching us via that. I'm not sure what happened with the regular thing. I know uh, Al was adjusting the cover photo, but uh, that should not have adjusted the, the link. So, boy, I hope it doesn't adjust the link because that's what our guest is using to connect with us. So, uh, oh, Joe, Joe says nice he things. has us on Facebook. So does Rob. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so. and a couple other people aren't. So... Okay. I don't know. What, what should we talk about in the meantime? Well, let's jump in. Let's talk Sixers. He dressed up for the occasion. Uh, they won 15 of 18, uh, five in a row. They moved within one game of first place in the Eastern Conference. They're playing great ball. Their hottest team in the NBA. Your boy, NBA Player of the Month again, even though he uh, took the night off the other night. 
First night off in like a month and a half, Bill. Uh, have you had a night off in the last month and a half? Yeah, I have. Oh, okay. Stop. And he deserves one. Oh, when stop. you're putting in 38 points and 10 or 12 rebounds every single night, you deserve a night off. Oh, so nights off are based on performance. No, they're not. They're oh, based oh. on when you need rest and your team oh, can geez. get by without you. Come and nobody on. expected them to win Monday night, and they still did. Thanks in part to this guy. Let me see if I can turn around without uh, wrecking everything. Show you my Maxi thing. There you go. How about that? Tyrese Maxi, my new hero. <laughs> oh lord well good because what about your other guy what about that guy we don't talk about on this show um it, it's it's time i mean they're they're right I'm, here at the at at the first place they're gonna have i to am make so sick of all of the rumors and all the speculation and now we had the new story from espn the other day uh he is he is a bit of a mental case i think and i don't mean that in a disparaging way for anybody with legitimate mental illness. But I mean, he wouldn't return any of Doc Rivers' texts, but yet he apparently expected Doc and Elton and whoever to come out to California to try to meet him in person. That's just nuts. He won't practice now around any of the other Sixers personnel. Uh, he apparently just kind of hangs out in his car sometimes, waiting until everybody's gone from the practice center over in Camden. This is just a messy situation. And I really don't want it to go into the summer. We talk about this every week, but the deadline is now eight days from now, February 10th. Please, please, Daryl, get something done. Even if you're only getting 60 cents on the dollar, Ooh, I want he, him gone. He, he's not going to do that. I don't, I don't think he's going to do that. Yeah. I don't think so either. Uh, well, we'll see. But, you know, uh, as you mentioned, Joel took the night off the other night or had the night off. They still played really well. Uh, kept kept the streak going five in a row. Steam, um, you think they're going to be able to stay this hot? Uh, they're getting contributions from a whole, whole bunch of guys. Yeah, now they were benefited by the fact that they just had a nice little five-game homestand. They took care of business. They even won that game the other night. You know, it's funny. I checked the lines some days, and Monday around midday, I checked the line, and I saw that Memphis was favored by like five or five and a half in Philly. I said, uh-oh. And, of course, it was because they announced that Embiid was going to be out with a scheduled night of rest. Uh, and he did get the night of rest, and Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, and Andre Drummond came up huge. Drummond with 16 points and 23 rebounds or whatever. Boy, what a what an addition he has been. And Maxey's just getting better and better, and he's now all of a sudden, I think, uh, no way are you trading this guy. He is off the table. you got to keep Tyrese Maxey around. And that, that was actually going to be my next question to you because he's, his name keeps showing up in deals, you know, and, and the rumored deals. Um, I don't, I don't think I'm cutting him loose, bud. No, no. Thibel, I would give up despite the fact that I love his defense, but you know, you're going to have to give something up besides number 25. And, uh, I would do that if it's going to make the team better. And I'd rather do it now than wait till July, but it's up to Daryl. Get it done, Daryl. Well, we'll find out. Hopefully they can continue the hot, the hot they have going on hey look um, at these standings by the way look how tight things are the bulls in first place the sixers now in second place by percentage points over the heat they're both one game back then you have the Cavs and bucks a game and a half back and the nets are all the way down in sixth. yet they're only three games off the pace so it's crazy and you still have you know the celtics and raptors very much in contention and don't forget 10 teams technically make the playoffs and then you have seven through 10 with that little you know, mini play-in tournament that they started last year. So it's going to be crazy. The key, I think, is to, you know, get in the top four. And I think the Sixers can do that and will do that if they can make some kind of a deal to help uh, this roster. Yeah, and, and as you look at those standings, you know, they're 50 games in, 50, 51, 52, maybe for a couple teams, the Sixers at 50. Uh, long way to go, 30 games to go. And when you're only separated by, you know, a game or two of five or six different teams, you go you go out on a road trip and you lose three in a row, all of a sudden you went from second to fifth quickly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you got to keep winning, especially uh, – I like the fact that they started to win the home games now because they were below 500 right. until a few weeks ago. Now they've won uh, five or six in a row at home, as you said, 15 out of 18 overall. So playing a lot better, getting contributions from everybody, and be looking amazing. They are, they're hosting the Wizards this evening. 
keep winning, boys. Keep getting those W's. Absolutely. Hey, Chet, we'll keep dressing up for you. I will. And, and probably play a song at the end of the show. Hey, Major League Baseball, Chet. The meetings have been non-productive. They met again yesterday. Uh, pitchers and catchers do in in less than two weeks now uh, from reporting for spring training. The serious discussions, the negotiations, whatever, seem to be going nowhere at this point. I would say there's some serious jeopardy going on here. It is ridiculous. Uh, they've had only four negotiating sessions over the past two months. Neither side seems to be willing to make any kind of major concessions from what I've read. Uh, the only thing they agreed on Tuesday is that it would take a miracle resolution in the next week to 10 days for spring training to stop on time, you know, catchers and pitchers on February 16th in Arizona and Florida. Do they not realize that they're going to continue to alienate, alienate more fans the longer they drag this out? I mean, if they have to postpone, especially the start of the season, they're going to lose a lot more fans. It's ridiculous, Bill. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the first thing fans think, because we're just regular people, you know, buying tickets, is you have billionaires fighting with millionaires, you know, and millionaires fighting back with billionaires. Uh, it's big business. Understand the owner's perspective to a little bit, a little degree, and the fact that they lost a lot of money in COVID by not being able to put fannies in the seats. Um, the player's perspective is we played. Um, and we should be compensated for that. So interesting. Uh, it's, it's going to be really interesting, but you know, it's a being here in Florida spring training, such a big thing. And I can tell you, um, Chet, just from being out and about in the neighborhoods, you know, when, when you come down here in February, January, February, March, this place is packed, you know, you can't get around. I was out today on the main drags here in town, and I live like one mile from from the Tiger Stadium, and uh, there's nobody around. You know, there's no traffic, there's no whatever. Now, whether the people are here in town and just not coming out, being cautious, or they didn't come south, one or the other. So, uh, you know, it's it's not it's not good for baseball. That is for sure. Yeah, it's certainly not. I really hope that they, you know, get their acts together and talk and have some serious discussions in the next week to 10 days so they can, you know, even if they have to delay, delay the start of spring training, get something going by March 1st so they can start the season on time because we need it, Bill. It's cold up here and I want to see some baseball. We absolutely need it. <laughs> baseball needs it. And if they don't, if they think they don't, they're fooling themselves. Yeah. All right. Hey, Chet, uh, let's talk about our friends over at Allstate. If your couch is getting more mileage than your car, which it probably is with uh, the great weather you're having up there, it's time to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, you got that right, Bill. Um, Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. I've been telling you that. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. So see how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that, of course, is Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, that number, 610-430-0700. And you can start to save more now that you are driving less. Hey, everybody, it's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Hey, thanks for stopping by, Willie. Hey, Chet, I know it pains you uh, that I make you talk about the Flyers each week, but here we are. Uh, we're 45 games into the regular season. The Flyers are right about 15 points out of the final wild card spot. They have won two in a row after their awful losing streak. Um, do you even have any interest in the Flyers? <laughs> Minor interest, Bill. But have, I'll tell you, let me make a proposition to you. Let's put the Flyers on the back burner for now because I think our guest is here. Let's see if we can connect and actually uh, talk to Bill. All right. Bill O'Connell, are you there? I think I am here. Oh, can you hear me? Voice. All right. Okay. Good deal, Bill. Lovely, lovely. Uh, all right. So let's give the little lead in. Uh, we have our Super Bowl match set up. Uh, Rams hosting. That's kind of cool. The Cincinnati Bengals. 
Uh, Bill is a proud dad of the NFC champion Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell. Bill is a Delaware County guy, all Catholic, all Delco, St. James High School back in the day. So, Bill, uh, first time to Philly Press Box Radio. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Well, Bill, that was the other Bill that you were just talking to, and I'm Chet. We've been doing this show for eight years. We're longtime, you know, Philadelphia sports fans. I know you were as well. Now you're kind of rooting for the Rams as well. But from what I understand, <laughs> Bill, you were also a pretty good athlete yourself, both at St. James High and Villanova. Is that right? Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, in St. James, I, I did uh, football and uh, track. I threw the javelin back when the javelin was still a scholastic event in the Catholic league did pretty well in Delaware County and the, the state meets and the meets a champion and, and, uh, did pretty well at the javelin. In fact, I actually had a free ride to go to Maryland to throw the javelin long before I ever got to a football free ride. So, uh, but I, I kind of gave up the, the javelin when I, uh, went into the college football, the, the demands and everything. And, uh, and especially spring football really negated me continuing on to, to throw, but uh, I, uh, I was a kind of a two-sport athlete there at St. James and then just focused on football at Villanova. Now, Bill, you, uh, you have deep roots down in Delco, down my way, down toward Collingdale. You're a Clifton Heights guy to start out with. and <laughs> out there in Aston, I believe, before you went to St. James. Uh, right. How long were you deep down there in Delco? Well, I, I basically was uh, – I arrived as a newborn – uh, my mom and dad were, my father was in the Marine Corps, interestingly enough, in Camp Pendleton, about 20 miles north of us. She went home. He shipped out to Japan. She came home to Clifton Heights where her mom and da- dad were. Uh, they had a business there in Clifton Heights. I'm sure some of your listeners would know as Duke's Grill or Duke's Tavern. Uh, that was a family fixture there in the Duke family. Uh, had a bunch of family members that took on that and, and my dad was in the uh, in the tavern business uh, also, but uh, we migrated from uh, Clifton to Chester. We actually lived on 24th Street down in Chester, and then uh, my dad took another business pursuit, and we ended up in uh, Chester Heights. And then finally, uh, for the bulk of my life there, I ended up in Aston Township, where all of this whole thing really began. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Hey, so, Bill, your son, Kevin, a quarterback, was drafted in the third round of the 2008 draft by the Patriots. That was the year that Tom Brady got hurt in the season opener. Kevin ended up as the backup, I guess, to Matt Castle that season, got in a couple of games. Did he tell you any good Brady or Belichick stories? Oh, we had tremendous stories from Kevin, even starting in training camp when he was a rookie. Uh, Tom Brady... Uh, Matt Castle and my son would line up after practice. Brady was a little bit of a wagerer, and they would go, they would start at the 50-yard line, uh, actually like the 40-yard line, and start throwing the ball to hit the crossbar. And the three of them would basically back up, back up. Now, understand, my son's a rookie. Castle's making pretty good coin, and, of course, we know uh, Tom Brady probably owned half the state of Massachusetts at the time. But they had a... They had a contest, and they had been throwing against the goat back back in the, when the goat was just getting started. And uh, Kevin and Castle one day actually were beating him, hitting the, the crossbar. So Brady got kind of ticked off and uh, in, a, in a friendly way. And he said, all right, I'm going to raise the stakes now from 200. Let's do, let's do 1,500 a ball. <laughs> and uh, my son said, "My said, hey Tom, uh, that's a little too rich for my blood, and uh, I think I'll bow out." So, so I think Brady won by default. He 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 called uh, Castle and he called Kevin, and the, that was the end of that contest there at the end of practice that day. <laughs> wow. Well, once uh, Kevin stayed in the league for just a little while, and then became uh, got into the coaching business, he certainly paid a bunch of his dues and. Uh, but he also, right. I guess the locals probably don't realize that he was the offensive coordinator for three years for those dreaded Redskins. Um, and and yeah, let, uh, how was yeah. that as an Eagles fan with him working for the Redskins? Well, I will tell you, from the day he got the job, 
the family in the county, both in Delaware County and uh, down Philly and then South Jersey, where there's quite a few of them, you can imagine the, the traffic, message traffic, between him now coming at the, <laughs> to go with the Redskins. Uh, but it went well. They played the Birds twice. And he had, you know, Kevin had always been an Eagles fan. Back years and years ago, uh, I was working out in New York City and, and used to drive him down to the vet to see Randall Cunningham and company. But, but when he went to the Redskins, it was kind of fun. Um, but I used to kid him. And uh, my, my wife, who's also from Delaware County, used to give me a hard time because I said, uh, uh, he was on the phone with us one day and uh, just joking. I started into a chorus of Fly, Eagles, Fly. <laughs> and uh, my wife and my, my uh, daughter-in-law did not appreciate that very much. So uh, we stuck by Kevin when he was down there with uh, Jay Gruden. And then uh, he was with, uh, he didn't go with Revere. He, he and Revere had some... Uh, some differences of philosophy. So, uh, but he he was down there with Gruden. He was the quarterback coach to Mac Cousins, and then uh, that was right after, or, yeah, right after McVay had taken off for the coast to take the Rams job. So then um, he became quarterback coach, and then Jay had a little bit more faith and trust in him, comfortable with his uh, his philosophies and his game management. And then he actually became the OC there for the last two, and uh, had Alex Smith who was, it was kind of a neat situation because he and Alex competed in college against each other. Oh. And uh, Alex had come in and uh, until he was seriously injured there. And uh, they were having a great season. The, the, the Redskins were having a great season until uh, Smith got hurt there. And uh, all this, and you guys know the rest of the history. It was, it was patchwork. It was They were going, literally going around the gymnasiums and, and nightclubs trying to find offensive linemen to put on the offensive line. Mm. So... It was a struggle there. Uh, Kevin and, and Bill Callahan kind of jointly finished out that, that last year when Jay Gruden was, uh, was uh, dismissed. And uh, Kevin and Bill Callahan kind of ran the offense. and Bill handled the running game. Kevin called the passing game. And they tried to have a young Mr. Haskins progress. And he did a fairly decent job. And... Uh, but uh, the Redskins' uh, years ended, and he got on an airplane and, and went to L.A. But I have to tell you a story. Uh, there was a slight chance way back when he almost went to the Birds. He took a phone call from somebody in the organization and said, well, don't sign anything. Let us talk to you before you sign anything. Well, it was so good and so positive what he heard in Los Angeles uh, the, uh, the Eagles didn't have a chance. So he, he ended up heading out to Los Angeles, and it's been a it's been a great ride while he's been there, and very successful. Uh, uh, the, the, with the ad, the adage of he he dealt with Mr. Goff his first year, and then uh, he's now taken Mr. on Mr. Uh, Stafford and that incredible offense with those incredible uh, tools in his toolbox, and and he loves working with Sean McVay because the guy's literally a genius. And uh, Kevin is just sucking everything up he can and learning the finer arts of being a head coach. And, and, uh, and it's been an adventure this year. It's been fun. It's been fantastic. We've had some close ones. We've had some sad ones. But uh, we went into we, – we finished the season with the, the, the Cardinals and had a problem there with the 49ers, but uh, went down to Tampa Bay, and it was a great game. And then they came back and uh, – and, um, the rest is history. Two, you know, ten days from now they're going to be in the in SoFi, you know, suiting up and going after it. So yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a bit. But you mentioned that you you know grew up Eagles fans, you and your son. Oh, other yeah. than the My other than the, the three Super Bowl runs for the and the one title, any favorite memories of rooting for the Birds all those years? Yeah, I'll tell you. My dad took me. This goes way way back. Uh, the younger generation may not remember this, but I used to go with my dad as a first, second grader, and he took me into to Franklin Field. You guys certainly remember that, Franklin oh, yeah. Field. And oh, yeah. and, uh, and I saw Sonny Jurgensen. I saw, I saw some really great Hall of Fame football players when I was a little guy. I saw, oh, my, Dick Butkus and Sonny Jurgensen and King Hill and Tim Brown. And then that gradually progressed where they, they started. But I used to also go, we used to go out to Hershey also to see them at training camp sometimes. So uh, we were, 
until I, I left the area in 1980 and moved out west, I was I was lock, stock, and barrel birds fan. And still am, to tell you mm-hmm. the truth. I still am. There you go. Can't get can't get the Delco out of a guy. My brothers won't let me forget it. That's right. Hey, <laughs> hey, Chet, we do want to say one thing because uh, we we jumped over to talk about Kevin, which we needed to. But uh, I got to tell you, uh, Bill was a heck of a player at St. James High, and in in 1972, believe it or not, um, St. James and Bonner, Freddie Hugo's school, Bonner, uh, played in a. <laughs> gigantic game at Widener Stadium. I was actually there as about a whatever I'd have been eighth or ninth grader at the time. And uh, Bill's team won that game. And uh, Bill, uh, he knows a bunch of our guys from his St. James days. Ray Dittinger, Bill Warndell, Kevin Riley. Bill knows them all. Oh, yeah, Billy Warndell. Yeah, Billy Warndell and I are are very – we've been very close ever since uh, Kevin was out of San Diego State. And Billy came out west and was working for a sports station out in San Diego. And we, we maintained that and uh, relationship because I was standing in a Hooters one day with a bunch of FBI colleagues of mine. And uh, I, I am talking and I hear this voice in the background that is the, you, there's no other voice like Bill Werndell. And that Philly accent was just reeking through the room. And I turned around and he saw me and he said, Billy O'Connell? I said, Billy! He said, and from that moment, um, we were real close and communicated through the years. And uh, and I think he's back east now. I think he, he's out in the Reading area or Coastal area or something. But, yeah, I uh, we I remember that day at Bonner. And uh, I, I want to throw out the number. I think there was close to 20,000 fans at the Widener field that day. And uh, the funny thing was, we played them, and 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 we and I I love playing in the defense at St. James because I had literally guys that were up front of me on the defensive line that were the size of the Minnesota Vikings: um, Joey Gallagher, Jimmy Clow, Frank Finn, Jerry Romali. I mean, uh, these guys. Joe Logue used to love. He, he called them various names from everything from his elephants to. But I loved playing behind those guys because they put so much pressure on the quarterback that the the uh, the other defensive backs and I would 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 go back in our our defense and and uh, Bob Nugent was our secondary coach and we had some schemes where we would just go back and I just lay in wait and it was a fun time being being a safety and a rover back for for uh, Bulldogs then but I ended up that day with Bonner we had about half a dozen guys who played for Bonner that became my teammates when I transferred back from Maryland to uh, to Villanova. And it was really fun to, to spend the rest of my uh, collegiate career with those guys from Bonner. Hey, Bill, I want to ask you, uh, I know uh, you forwarded along some pictures of you and your family out at SoFi Stadium. Have you gotten out there a lot, and how do you like the new facility? Yes, we've been there. First of all, if you can imagine every aspect of the modern NFL stadium, Mr. Kroenke has, if you if you look at Jerry, what Jerry Jones has, you look at some of the the aspects of the Meadowlands and the spaciousness and the, it's really a fan centric place. And I, I think we love it there. And, and we have a, we have our whole posse, Kevin, we call it the O'Connell posse and we're down in the end zone on the second deck. And I have my wife and I and daughter and son-in-law and my daughter-in-law and, and my five grandkids and everybody's decked out and we own the railing there behind the, uh, the goalpost on the second deck. And, and uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And uh, we sit there as a family, and Dad comes out, and he comes out and waves everybody and does his thing pregame. He starts that game, puts those earphones on, and when they win, it's it's glorious. He comes over, and he's high-fiving us, and, but it's great. We, we see the game and can see him, and it's just a, it's just a super, super time. Uh, every game we've been there, every home game, and then my wife and I, traveled to uh, the Meadowlands to see him play the Giants. We were going to go back to see Tampa Bay, but we had a little bit of the Omnicron, so we decided to forestall that, that trip. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, we, we love we love traveling and uh, with him, see him. And, uh, but, yeah, SoFi is an incredible, incredible stadium. It is, uh, you got the audiovisual part. you got the, the fan part. It's spacious. It's easy to get in. It's easy to get out. And it's uh, 
Cronky did an excellent job and, and really transformed that whole section of Inglewood uh, suburb there in L.A. Uh, it's just a fabulous, fabulous place. And I think when everybody gets to see it for the Super Bowl, uh, people are going to realize it, it is incredible. It's $5 billion, and he did not spare any expense with this place, really. Well, hey, Bill, I think it's fantastic that you all get to go. Everybody gets to go to the game. Uh, at, oh, all the games, all the games. Uh, yeah. So as as you get toward the Super Bowl, uh, who's going to be more nervous, the fan, the family, or Kevin? Well, I can tell you, Kevin. Kevin has always been able to handle the tension and the nervousness. Uh, so it's not going to be Kevin. It's going to be the family, his mother and I. And I I swear that I've lost. Uh, stomach lining from the time he left high school and went to San Diego State through his his uh, Patriot days and Jets days and the, and the preseason games and so but now that he's coaching it's 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 almost supernatural we get just as nervous with what's happening in front of us as when he was he was playing and suiting up and but now he's a coach and we literally have 53 guys that we're worried about and. We're, we're, we're in there worrying about and, and the, the, the peaks and valleys of watching the game. But Kevin, I think, is uh, he's, he's got it. He's got it under control. He's, he's processing. He's analyzing that defense. He's, he and Sean are working. Sean McVay are working at that, that call card and uh, situations, and, and uh, he loves it. He wouldn't be any other place. He loves that. You know, the rest of us, we'd say, oh, my God, you got 72,000 people and you're calling – you know, calling plays with Sean and boom, bang. But uh, he wouldn't be any other place. And he's cool, calm, and collected. He, he, he amazes us. And um, he does a fabulous job. We're very, very proud of him. Well, he may be in another place in another year or two. He's getting uh, some interest, you know, for future head coaching jobs. Is another couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah, it could be. Uh, well, what do you think yeah, about he, his prospects? It, well, it's, he's, it's been a very interesting uh, couple of weeks. Um, especially, uh, and, and again, there's a lot of things that are happening. You guys know within the last 48 hours, what's happened on the NFL yeah. scene. Um, we are, uh, he's taking it in stride. He's, he's interviewed with several clubs. Um, he uh, was a finalist for Denver and he's got a couple things in the fire, but, uh, uh, I think he, he would do a fabulous job. I think he's, he's educated himself and he's tried to refine himself and learn from the very, very best from, Belichick to Rex Ryan to Mike Petton uh, to uh, you know Gruden and, and Callahan. He's learned from people. He's got lots and lots of uh, expertise that he's acquired through uh, really having an open ear and always being willing to take something away from these NFL greats and to learn things. So I think he's ready. Uh, we're a little nervous because obviously – there's 32 jobs in this big United States that in that league, and, and to have him mentioned uh, at 36, he's 36, he'll be 37 in May, yeah. but to have him mentioned uh, when you turn on ESPN or the NFL channel and hear your son's name mentioned as a finalist, it, it is it's an awe, it just it's it's it puts us in awe really. We mm-hmm. but we have faith in him, and I know he's got faith in himself, and I think he. He's a play. He'll be a player's coach because he he relates to the players. He's he's made some outstanding relationships with current quarterbacks, as well as prior quarterbacks and coaches. And uh, he would not do anything else in the world. You know, I always find it interesting, Bill, and Kevin is right in that spot. To me, is he he's in a situation in Los Angeles where there's so many weapons. They have such a nice offense. They have good things going. But the way the league is set up, the, the pay discrepancy between the coordinator and being a head coach somewhere is so gigantic that you you know, you know almost have to leave a good situation to go to a not-so-good situation um, to do your own thing. And I, I look at Eric Bieniemy, right. you know, in that in that deal. You know, Eric might can wait Andy out and, and get that head coach a job, but Bill's not waiting Sean right. McVay out there, or uh, Kevin's not waiting, waiting Sean McVay out. Well, and you know, and and Sean does nothing but encourage him. I mean, he blocked him last year when Brandon Staley left, and Sean uh, didn't. He wasn't comfortable losing both coordinators in the same week. So, 
Kevin and, and Sean had a, a great uh, meeting and, and an understanding, and, and uh, Sean blocked Kevin. But the reasons and the, and the philosophy uh, of Sean and, and, and the, uh, the faith and the trust that he's put in Kevin, uh, I think that, that block, block went well because he's had a very uh, profound uh, makeup in the, in the play sheets and in the strategies each week, the breakdowns and the, and the tendencies that the, he has to develop. And he and Sean meet several times a week. And when they take that field and that play cards in their hands and they're, they're on the intercom, it's a, it's, I mean, Sean relies on Kevin very heavily because he's, he's constructed that, that repertoire that they're going to use against that opponent that week. And it's a, it's a really a united front. Um, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's really great teamwork to see. And I know that Kevin's have nothing but the greatest respect for Sean. And I know Sean truly respects and admires Kevin. That, uh, again, coming from that, you hear the term, and it's getting kind of worn out, but the McVeigh tree, the McVeigh coaching tree. Um, uh, you know, and you've seen that in recent weeks of, of the guys that were in the playoffs people that were aligned with McVeigh and or, and or Shanahan. It, I mean, it's, it's just a fabulous kind of a, a manufacturing of, of, of coaching material and talent in that regard. And uh, Kevin just, like I said, he, he's, he's taken away so many valuable things from Sean. And, but they have a fabulous relationship. And uh, if the day comes, and he's already helped with Kevin's uh, uh, prospective uh, preparation for some of the interviews and He's been a supporter of Kevin from the day he first started getting the inquiries, and I think Sean would be very happy and proud that Kevin would move forward. But at the same time, uh, and I'm speaking selflessly now for myself, the wife, and the family, with that toolbox he's got there in Los Angeles, and with those, and even with free agency, and you guys know that one year you're fabulous, and with the free agency and the salary caps and things, the next year may not be so great, but I will tell you, it wouldn't be so bad uh, if he maintained himself right there in uh, Thousand Oaks and in, in uh, SoFi Stadium next year. It, w- it wouldn't break our hearts if he was right there. Yeah. Well, Bill, I have one final question for you. Uh, what are the next 10 days going to be like for you and your family leading up to the big game? Well, you know, interestingly enough, we were my wife and I were in the car and we were taking calls and messages from my daughter-in-law, who's kind of the liaison between with Kevin and the Rams and, and the Rams do a fabulous job with the families. And, uh, she's been liaisoning with us and we've kind of, we're kind of going to stay away this week and part of next week. And then gradually, uh, members of the family, selected members of the family, myself, my wife, and of course, uh, Kevin's wife and, uh, and my daughter and son-in-law, we're kind of going to gravitate up towards LA and we're going to hunker down in a couple of hotel rooms close by the team hotel and maybe attend a, a function or two with the, with the Rams team and organization. And then uh, we'll have to, Kevin will go into like a quarantine and then we'll all show up on Sunday and cheer on the Rams. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, uh, before we let you go, Bill, I want to be sure that we give a shout out to our friend Dave Berman, who uh, helped set this up for uh, for me to get oh, to talk yeah, to you. Thank and, you. Yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to Dave, and I, I guess uh, you you had a or I saw part of it, a real nice article in the uh, Delco Times today from Jack McCaffrey that uh, Dave yeah, kind it was of great. Hooked that yeah. up too. Nice article. I'll tell you what. You can imagine your son's now going to be coaching a Super Bowl at the same time. You have your hometown newspapers and media people talking to you about something that that we've treasured now from since I was 17 years old. And to have those remembrances and to talk to Mr. McCaffrey and to talk to everybody, it's just been it's been fairy books or uh, fairy tale stuff this week. It really has. Uh, I, I can't tell you guys how I appreciate. Uh, be able to talk to you guys and and i'm looking forward to frankly i'll tell you what we're all looking forward to coming st james 72 team we're trying to get some formulation of it and i'll put this out so anybody my colleagues and teammates are back there i will tell you uh myself and tony surge who's a my lifelong friend he's out here in california with me up uh he lives up further up the coast but uh 
we hope there is something because I've, I've told him and I'm going to twist his arm that both of us will be back there to help that team celebrate 50 years. Absolutely. Uh, and we hope that can get done. We know we're kind of sad we lost our high school, but the Bulldog faithful down there, they got the, they got the Bulldog uh, kind of nerve center down there in Eddystone. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've, I've been there a few times. Me I've been too. there a few times, but uh, we, I look forward to going back and, and seeing my teammates and all of the guys. And we've lost four. We've lost four teammates from that team, uh, passed away. But uh, and we'll remember them. Hopefully we'll remember them. But I am very, very excited to go back and uh, be part of something to commemorate that team, the high school, and, of course, our coaching staff. And, uh, you know, Joe Logue, Bobby Ewing, Joe Hwanski, Bob Nugent, and I mean, phew, where, where can I where can I say for Delaware County? If you played football in Southern Delaware County, when I was growing up and playing Wade football, you dreamed about playing for the Bulldogs. <laughs> and I played for and, the Bulldogs uh, too, but it was the Collingdale Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I go back and I first pulled into St. James, and the St. James great. You guys remember Frank Ryan? Yep. Frank Ryan was a hell of a running back, went to Duke, and he was our freshman coach. And uh, he got us all together. And just imagine these these 14-year-old, you know, red-faced, freckle-faced guys sitting there. And even back then, we were probably the largest freshman football team in the tri-state area. But we, we sat there, and Frank Ryan told us, and he said, gentlemen, this is a collection of talent from this county which is unsurpassed. And he said, if you guys work hard and you study hard and you keep your studies up and you stay together and be unified, you could be one of the greatest football teams to ever come out of this county. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. He wasn't lying. All right. Well, Bill, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, I know you're on the side of the road uh, or driving, but good luck to Kevin. Good luck to the Rams. Thank you. Well, you know what? Understand, I'm a Birds fan. I'm always going to be a Birds fan. But when the kid starts working, you got to support the family. And uh, <laughs> um, I'll be, I'll be a very proud Rams dad. But at the same time, I'll be, I'll be kind of unilaterally representing the O'Connell family with all the, all the, the, the Birds fans back there because they're all going to be cheering for him too. Absolutely. All right, Bill, good luck, and uh, give Kevin our best. Good luck to him as well. I certainly will. Thank you so, so much, guys. Take care. Take care. All right. Hey, Chad, I know that was great stuff, by the way. That was. Woo! Hey, uh, proud dad moment for for sure. Appreciate Our buddy Al just uh, sent me a tweet from Adam Schefter that offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell is one of the four finalists for the Vikings job. So There you go. There you go. Good deal. All right, uh, Chet, I know you're chopping at the bit for your random Chet tonight, but uh, <laughs> you know what? Before we do that, tell us the final standings of our little uh, season-long pick and pool between me, you, and Boop. Uh, well, Bob we have course – I, I hate losing, just so you know that. I, I'm gonna we say that still right. have the Super Bowl game to pick, but, yeah, it's all over. Uh, we'll do that next week, the Super Bowl prediction. This past Sunday, Bill, you managed to get both conference championship games right. No, wrong. wrong. You got them both wrong. Wrong. Uh, Boop and I were both one and one. Um, we at least got the Rams game right. I have already clinched the championship. I'm 57 and 31. Boop is two games back at 55 and 33. So, no, he can't catch me. And, no, we're not counting the Pro Bowl this weekend. We're not making <laughs> picks on the Pro Bowl. So we're not watching it, it either. <laughs> uh, uh. Bill, you are four back at 53 and 35. But, Speaking of Boop, he is still not in a great mood after the Chiefs lost in overtime last Sunday. But you know what? He did this little piece for us anyway this week. Here we go. Hey, guys. I have stopped crying long enough to give you a quick look at two of my favorite Super Bowl prop bets, the over-under on the longest and shortest touchdowns scored in the game. Let's start with the shortest. The line's one and a half, which means you're basically betting on whether or not there'll be a one-yard touchdown run, pass, or some kind of fumble recovery in the end zone. The under here has won seven of the last nine Super Bowls, and since the Rams themselves have a one-yard TD in four of their last six games, under's a pretty good bet. 
I haven't seen any lines for the longest touchdown yet, but it's going to be in the mid-40s as it is normally. In the last seven Super Bowls, there's only one touchdown that's gone longer than 38 yards, and that was an 82-yard pick six in 2017. That looks like a pretty good under here, too. Uh, the two teams have combined for 14 postseason touchdowns. Only one of them has been longer than 41. This pad right here is the one I'm going to be writing down all my prop bets on, and it'll be sitting in front of me at Splits Bar and Grill on Route 73 in Maple Shade, New Jersey. It's an easy place to find. Just ask Chet. He's been there more often than my wife this year. Thanks, guys. <laughs> ah, there you go. Hey, I did notice that uh, Boop isn't a flyer shirt this week instead of that uh, big red t-shirt he's been wearing. <laughs> yeah, how about that? And he's right. I have been there more often than his wife of late, but she was there last weekend. Uh, I've been there three times now in the last few months. Boop, of course, is there three times a week minimum. Um, I surprised him when I popped in there this past Sunday afternoon. Now, look how happy Boop was in this picture that I'm going to show you right here. He was just all smiles. But I'll tell you, that was at halftime. The Chiefs were up 21 to 10. Now, I left during the third quarter to catch the end of the game at home. I'm sure that Boop wasn't smiling quite so much an hour and a half later. No, no. <laughs> and, uh, oh, what an interesting game. Patrick Mahomes kind of, man, he, he struggled in that second half after that. Last play of the first half debacle. He certainly struggled after <clears throat> after that. Well, hey, Chet, uh, give everybody a heads up on where they can follow Boop. Boop uh, can always be found at bettersinsider.com. All kinds of betting information there. And you can get lots more from Boop on Twitter. He's going to put a lot of stuff out between now and the Super Bowl. You know that. On Twitter, he is at BoopStats. That's right. And as we said, we'll make our uh, picks next week, and we'll see how that goes. So, uh, no, 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 not yet, not yet. Stay off that random chat bell. We want to give a (laughs) shout-out to all the shows that will be live on the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. Our network is growing, Jet. It continues to grow. Um, This episode being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. You can also catch all the action on www.edgefilly.com eopsports.com as you can see we got the broad street bullies podcast that's a monday uh monday's mailbag with joey sharon podcast tuesday talking philly sports with maddie b of course wednesday is us wednesday night at 9 30 after us joey and al uh they're live talking all things philly sports at 9 30 p.m thursday kyle quinn and birds iq friday tom kelly and Frank Finnegan will be handling that podcast on Saturday morning with TK and the boys, the Patterson Avenue fanatics for breakfast on Saturdays. Give us all likes, follows, all that kind of stuff. And uh, we're going to keep this thing going. Chet, the guys are doing a great job with all their shows and uh, the, the uh, network continues to grow. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter. By going to eopsports.com, click on it, and it will be in your email box on Fridays, usually by 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. And, hey, since we uh, had a little trouble with our Facebook Live uh, showing tonight, uh, apparently it never did show up properly on there for some people. Um, We are being seen by more fans on YouTube this evening. So if you're watching us on YouTube Live and you haven't yet subscribed to Philly Press Box Radio on there, Please do so. We have 113 subscribers. I had a goal of getting up to 200 by the end of this year. We started at uh, 24 about two years ago, and it's been gradually going up. But that's not nearly enough. Come on, man. Even if you watch us elsewhere on Facebook or whatever, subscribe to us on YouTube, Philly Press Box Radio. You'll be glad you did. All right. Now ring the dang bell. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Bill, I was planning to do an even longer random chat segment that I'm going to do right here, but I decided last night at the last minute to postpone that one for another couple of weeks. It just felt like a mid-February piece, not a Groundhog Day segment. So I'm going to change it up, Bill, and I'm going to do this one instead. You know, Bill, that I'm a big TV guy, and that includes the late night talk shows on television. As a kid, I watched Carson, Joey Bishop, Merv Griffin, Dick Cavett, Tom Snyder. I checked them all out. I was a night owl. I switched from one to another. But 40 years ago, last night, February 1st, 1982, was when I really started watching 
one in particular late night show pretty regularly, and that was when uh, Late Night with David Letterman took to the air. Again, that was February 1st, 1982. As you can see right here, his first guest that uh, night 40 years ago was Bill Murray. Uh, I was a fan right out of the shoot. I was living in State College at the time, a couple of years after graduating from Penn State, and it was pretty much a nightly ritual. You know, watch Letterman, see what crazy stunts he would do, maybe a cool top 10 list or stupid pet tricks or various other nonsense. Letterman, of course, left for CBS in the early 90s, but Late Night continued, first with Conan O'Brien, then Jimmy Fallon. Now Seth Meyers is the host of that show. All good, but that, that first decade with Letterman, that remains my favorite. In fact, I traveled to New York to Rockefeller Plaza a couple of times in the mid-80s to see Letterman do the show at NBC. I even snagged a late night with David Letterman's sponge from his announcer. And uh, that was kind of cool. So I got that. I've had this in my possession, I guess, 38 years now. Probably worth at least 50 cents. I don't know. Um, Dave actually also sent me an autographed picture right here. Now, Dave signed this, and I even forgave him for the fact that he signed most of his autograph in black ink over his black jacket. Maybe he was just messing with me, but I don't know. He's a smart ass a bit of uh, a lot of the time. I will forgive him for that. I am also the proud owner of Dave's book of top 10 lists. And let me give you a couple of ex examples of the fine writing that his uh, folks did from the top 10 list. Uh, top 10 signs your gym teacher is nuts. Number 10, all he's wearing is a whistle. Number nine, warm-ups include jumping jacks, knee bends, and jello shots. Number eight, he's made a nice little home for himself under the bleachers. Number five, he insists on being addressed as Captain Sweaty. Uh, number two, he asks you to spot for him in the men's room. And your final exam, number one, three hours on the teeter-totter. Okay, uh, another one, and then I'll wrap this up, I promise. This is, and this is timely now, top 10 signs your team won't be going to the Super Bowl. Number 10, last year's mascot is this year's quarterback. Number eight, just to be on the safe side, they often punt on first down. Number four, players consistently addressing each other as girlfriend. And number one, during the last quarter, you notice players leaving early to beat traffic. David Letterman, you are the best. Um, Bill, 40 years ago, February 1st, 1982, is when late night began. David Letterman, by the way, is now 74 years old and rocking this uh, beard right here, as you'll see. He was on last night, the 40th anniversary of Late Night, with the current host, Seth Myers, and it was pretty cool. So happy 40th to Late Night. That's when Late Night was good stuff, not like the schmucks they have on there now. <laughs> I'll disagree with you on that, but yeah, it was great back then. I love Letterman. Hard to believe that you disagree with me on that. Hard to believe, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, great guest tonight at Bill O'Connell. It really... Uh, you know, we got Bill kind of on short notice and uh, due to Sam's uh, situation. And Bill was fantastic. Uh, and I had an opportunity to talk to him yesterday, too, um, you know, to get him lined up. And, man, what a fun guy. And uh, he loves that Delco stuff. Yeah, he was great. That was really enjoyable. Good yep. find. Who do we have coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week, my friend? Well, Bill, do we have a show for our viewers and listeners next week? Not only will Boop, you and I, make our official Super Bowl predictions, but we will also be visited by this guy. His name is Ed Barkowitz. He's a former Inquirer and Daily News writer and reporter. We'll talk about the Philly sports scene and some more Super Bowl betting tips from Ed. And we will also have a visit from another guy that I think most Philly sports fans, Bill, are pretty familiar with. And you don't know about this, but drum roll, please. There it is. That's my official drum roll. Yes, Bill, next week we will have a chat with Dick Vermeil. That's right. The coach of those Whoa. 1980s Philadelphia Whoa. Eagles. A Super Bowl winning coach with the Rams. And soon to be Pro Football Hall of Famer. Yeah, I'm talking about Dick Vermeil. So there you go. Bill, tell your friends, tell your family. Tell your friends' families, Ed Barkowitz and Dick Vermeil on the big show next week. Going to be live. 
No, he will not be live, unfortunately. I, I reached out to him yesterday. I still had his number from when we had him on six years ago, and he actually got back to me. He simply said, call me next week. We'll do it. Vermeil. That was it. <laughs> I said, okay. All right. Hey, that's awesome. That's awesome. We'll, we'll make that happen. All right. Let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They pay, post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line razzes that give greater odds of you winning. And Chet, who doesn't like to win? Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC118 Raz Room on Facebook. And Chet, I will tell you uh, just this evening before the show, they posted a block pool on the Raz Room, uh, where you can win a Barry Sanders helmet signed, a Randy Moss helmet signed. Uh, there's four prizes for four quarters. Terrell Davis, Super Bowl MVP jersey, and a Steve Young jersey are the four prizes for the four quarters. So check out their page, jump in, and grab a block. Bill, we didn't get to talk about Tom Brady retirement. We wish him all the best. He is clearly the GOAT. We didn't get to talk much about the Flyers, winners of two games in a row. I know I know you were happy we talked through that. Bummer. Uh, they have a week off now, so uh, All-Star Weekend this week, and then they resume next Wednesday. And one other thing, Bill, this will be kind of my semi-parting shot. I was at a function last Thursday evening at Puddler's, uh, Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in Bridgeport, and I ran into... These guys, because Glenn was one of the organizers of it. It was a fundraiser for a friend who had been injured badly in an accident. And, yeah, Glenn and Ray were were there. Ray holding up a bottle of wine, a Dick Vermeil wine, even though he doesn't drink. And they auctioned that off, and it went for about $1,100, the bottle of wine. And it was autographed by Coach Vermeil himself. And I also got to see... Bernie Perrant showing off those rings yet again. Bernie and his lovely wife, Jeannie. Uh, great to see both of them. It was a fun event. Good to see all those guys. And Mike Sealski, I picked up a, a book. Mike wrote something nice in it for me. So it was awesome. Great event. Good deal. All right. One, one quick comment I have, and uh, I, I need to see what you think. Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger are out, retired. Is Aaron Rodgers going to go with them? And are we going to pass the torch? In the National Football League. I don't think Rodgers retires yet. He's, you know, still a mere 38 or whatever, just a kid. So <laughs> I think he's got another couple of years left. I still have no idea if it's going to mean Green Bay or somewhere else. I know he's looking to get out, but maybe they'll work things out. Who knows? We shall see. But I don't think uh, Rodgers is retiring yet. I think he wants to show that he is the best quarterback in the NFC still now that Tom Brady's gone. Well, there's a couple teams looking for quarterbacks. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. You ready to wrap it up? You got anything else? Uh, I got a beer to finish. Wrap it up, Bill. Wrap it up. (laughs) Tonight's special guest, Bill O'Connell, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, February the 9th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio. Also, Chet, on Philly Press Box Radio YouTube. Subscribe. Don't forget, you can also get us on all the podcasts, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, and all the others. So, Chet, high hopes, Philadelphia sports fan, and go Sixers. Yeah.